So I'm with an American that I know, living in Europe, and I wanted to get just your views on the upcoming election. Who's going to win? Romney? Obama? Why? Why not? Uh, well, okay, first of all, obviously, uh, everybody's got their biases, so I'll, I'll, st I'll What's start your bias? Yeah, yeah, I'll start start up with your front, bias. Out front is I'm, I'm a pretty conservative guy, which puts me outside of the mainstream of, uh, I don't want to say outside the mainstream because, you know, if, if a conservative candidate wins, then technically the mainstream voted for him because you got to get a majority. Yeah, yeah. The, the, for me, though, is uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not the typical uh, uh, American that lives overseas because most people live overseas. It's, it's funny because I, I work at a fairly large international organization, <laughs> and you would think that that everybody in the U.S. was liberal from the, from the uh, the just general consensus of people that I work with. Right. So I, I am an outlier in that, and, but I'm also I'm also somebody that's lived overseas uh, well over half of my life. You know, like Middle East. Uh, most of it Do you find it hard to uh, stay connected with U.S. politics? Though, no, being are you overseas? kidding me? Today, today with today's Well, I mean, I live in no well, way. I live in Britain, and all you get is what you're seeing on the news, aren't you? From yeah. that point of view, and I'm not yeah. able to talk to people that's well, living it. No, so, that's true. Yeah. Well, no, that's again, I'm not I, living I, I, in no, it. No, no, yeah, that's, it, no. Yeah. I, I, I would disagree. It's not. It's. I don't think it's because you're not connected. Because if you could get on in Britain, you can get on a site. You can get on any site you want to in the states and stay connected. You can read blogs. Yeah, yeah, no, got that can, bitch. But I'm I would, just saying, you probably, would, you probably. I'm not living it though, yeah, am exactly. I? So I'm well, living. I'm, yeah, I'm not either. But I, yeah. I can say I keep, I keep pretty good keep, track okay. of what's going on. So who are you uh, for? I still haven't heard a okay. name yet. Out of okay, okay, I'm, I'm obviously uh, for Mitt Romney, uh, I, and I do think he's going to win. I, I, you think he's going to win? Do oh, you? absolutely. Ah. I, I, I do this sort of synthesis. One of the things I do is I keep track of. Uh, of the, you know you got you got the mainstream news yep. which are you know the big networks in the states and the big the big uh, uh, cable channels and you know they all have their analysis and stuff like that and then I also keep track of uh, sort of the 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 blogs and uh, you know all the all the the ancillary sort of uh, uh, information that's out there and you look at uh, you look at how things are going and I, quite honestly I. My, my prediction is that Romney's going to win by about five points. Do you? See, yeah. I, I, I think Obama's going to pull it off. Well, you know, I would say, I would, I would believe you if he would, if he had uh, approval rating above 50%. Right. He, do, he doesn't. And what's, what's been amazing to watch, it, look, I'll sound like the disgruntled conservative. <laughs> you know, I would, I would, I, would, I sound like the disgruntled conservative when I say something like, you know, the media is in the tank for Obama. It, it is. And if you just, the funny thing that you, the, the, because the problem is we have such short attention spans. And I, and I love, one of the things I love doing is I love going back and looking at what were people saying six months ago. Right. I, I even love, I, I even love going back, like when I was in college. You know, you, you, you get the conventional wisdom of here's what happened in the old days, or not even the old days. Like, I, I remember I was reading um, when I was in college. I was reading about the 1973 war uh, between the Arabs and Israelis. Israel. Yeah. And you know, there's the story you get from the history books that tell you, you know, this is how it was, and uh, and you know, it, in, inevitably the Israelis were going to win because they had these advantages, blah, 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 or it was, you know, they were, they were under the siege and that they were in so much trouble that, uh, 
that you know it was just a, a really close thing. Well, one of the things I did was I went back and I started reading newspapers, like a day-by-day -day newspaper right. account of the New York Times from that period, and just the the franticness and the the you know it was like almost being on the ground there. You know, I kind of suspended belief my my knowledge of what eventually happened, and just the day-to-day -day reports, the things I would read that were absolutely wrong. In hindsight, I know it was wrong, but these guys literally believed they it believe at the it, moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I, I, lo I love doing is, you know, when I hear people say, well, you know, the press isn't biased against uh, Romney. They're just reporting the stuff. And I'm like, go back and look at what people were saying six months ago. I mean, look at, look at what... I mean, the people who support Obama, they have this collective memory loss of... Like the first debate, ask them what was the what was the consensus going into the first debate? How who was going to win the debate? I can tell you if you go back and look at CNN and MSNBC and ABC and all the all you know all the major networks, CNN, all the ones that are supposedly the the unbiased ones, uh, and you read what they were saying of who was going to win the debate a week prior to the debate, and it was. Literally nobody, not a single one of them. Because I did, I went back. Right. Not a single person. You would think that in a, in a in a in a in a country where the where where the opinion is divided 50-50, because really that's what it is in the U.S. That you would at least have one or two, or maybe even ten percent or twenty percent. You took statistics in college. Yeah, I did. Statistically, it, it is I didn't impossible. Like it, but I did do no, it. No, but you know, you understand statistically <laughs> yeah. in a in a country where the political opinion is divided 50-50, it's statistically impossible to have nobody predicting that one of the guys has a chance to win. You know this. And yet, if you go back, not a single pundit on any of the major networks was predicting Romney would even do well. Right. And almost everybody was, well, Obama's so intelligent, he's just going to destroy him. It's not even a big and a, a contest. And that little snapshot of politics, of, 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 the, of the analysis, is actually just a small microcosm of what the press is like for everything. I mean, literally, if you watch the, the, the analysis after the debate, after Obama, most people don't understand, Obama lost that debate worse than any president. I mean, th this is not a joke. I mean, they've, they've done the, they've done the, uh, um, the analysis and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the favorability ratings. He performed worse than any single person in any debate since they've recorded. Really? Yes. Really? Literally. That debate was the worst performance ever put in by any presidential candidate, and that's and people are right now people can't understand why the momentum has shifted. Like I was listening, to Brian Williams, he was another one of those guys that's in the tank for Obama. He literally was, Mr. President, I don't understand how you're not winning this race. I mean, he didn't come out and say it, but he was implying that Mitt Romney is just a horrible candidate and a horrible human being. You should be, you should have this. Yeah. Why are you, why are you fighting for your life? I mean, it's that kind of questions you're asking guys. And like during the president, the second debate, you know, it's supposed to be a debate between. It's supposed to be a debate over issues, and so the press does stupid. I mean, they do things like they load the questions. If it's if in a debate, if you and I were debating on an issue, you would think that the question that would be asked would be something both of us would have to give an opinion on. Right. Like, do you think we should withdraw from Afghanistan? That's something that both of us can give a, a different uh, a viewpoint on, and, and it could be nuanced. But no, the, the, the CNN moderator who was supposed to be, she, she got was given questions by the audience, and she, she said, I will be responsible. I'm not going to let you guys ask these questions 
as you know, just audience members because I wouldn't have any control over it. I will you submit them beforehand, and I will choose them. And I will be fair about it. But she would ask, she would ask <laughs> questions. She would ask questions. This is a woman that said she could be fair. Who two weeks earlier said, or not two weeks? It was like two months earlier when when they, the Romney announced that Ryan was going to be his his uh, his uh, running mate. And now, literally announced that it looks like the 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 Candy Crowley. She said it looks like they've chosen a death ticket. Right. I'm like, how can you say that you're not going to be biased? Well, the question again, I'm getting off track. The question yeah, she right. a- she asked in the debate was, Mr. Romney, how are you going to be different than George Bush? Now I don't know about you, but how is that a legitimate debate question? Uh, yeah, I mean, that does sound a bit ridiculous of a question. That, to ask. that was yeah. literally, and 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 you know, if you're on the left. You think, oh, that's a perfectly legitimate question. Unless the question is, is you know, I would say it would be fair if you went to Mr. Obama and said, or to President Obama and said, President Obama, how are you going to be different than uh, than Jimmy Carter? I mean, you know, you've got a, you've got, you've had, you've presided, presided over the economy for four years, and your only answer is, it would have been worse if I hadn't been in charge. Which is, you can't measure. That's an opinion <laughs> thing. That's literally his answer for the past four years. We have, we've had. We've had unemployment over eight percent his entire tenure. So what what is Romney promising? What's his what's his ticket? What's his thing? Uh, well, his thing is is he wants to make the business climate more suitable. Uh, here's the problem. Okay, we 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 outspend. The problem isn't we're not well. I mean, it's, it's a combination of problems. One, the amount of money we're taking in is less than the amount we're spending by a huge margin. Uh, I, I I can't remember the exact numbers. Um, but I remember somebody did, did this analogy for me, and they were like, it, it would be sort of like if your family took in 27,000 pounds a year right. was, your, was your income, but you were spending 38,000 pounds a year. Sounds about right. And on top of that, you had a debt already accumulated of 160,000 pounds. The president, the current president, that 160,000 pounds that he that, that's been accumulated, actually, uh, the he's been he's been adding an additional 10 to 11,000 pounds every year that he's been in president, and in fact, half of that 160,000 pounds was just accrued during his tenure. Now he he says you know it's it was the war in Afghanistan and Iraq and blah blah blah, and it's like, but when you do the numbers, the war in Afghanistan and Iraq only account for maybe. 25% of that? Le- actually, much less than that. It's between 12 and 25%. And, and it depends because you got to add in all these... Uh, you've got the, the, the set budget that the military spends, which they would be spending on even if we weren't there. And then you have... You know, because we have all these different commitments around the world in Korea and you have bases all over in Europe yeah. and places like that. So there's there's stuff you would be spending on anyway unless you radically change the, the, the way we have do the security in the world, which is a legitimate thing you could do. But the point is, is we have... The president... President, the current president hasn't done that, so I'm assuming he wants to continue to meet the obligations that we have. And then you have the amount that's been uh, set aside by Congress to pay for the wars, but then you have supplementals, which are like, oh, we did, we spent more than we were supposed to. So the amount, the amount varies. So the the amount, but the, but if you actually look at the the hard numbers, the amount we spent in Iraq and Afghanistan was literally less than one fifth of all of what we're overspending. And the president's big push has been, well, once I once we end the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, you know, the Bush's wars. But and he, and that thing that gets me is, is how is Afghanistan Bush's war? 
I mean, okay, we can say, we'll, we'll say Iraq was. But Iraq is done. It's been over. And in fact, when President Obama was running for office, he said Afghanistan was the war of, of necessity. Iraq was the war of choice. And the thing I find amazing is, is nobody holds them accountable for the fact that when we left Iraq, we actually had, you know, at least got the country stable. I mean, people will say, well, there's still terrorist attacks. Well, yeah, of course there's terrorist yeah, yeah. attacks, but there's a huge difference between the government not being able to control 40% of the country and now being able to at least go anywhere they want, vice, you know, they'll have a terrorist attack, but the Iraqi army can go anywhere. 2006, the government controlled the green zone, and that was it. Every, you know, these militias yeah, controlled yeah, yeah. everything else. We turned that country around because, you know, President Bush made a, a politically... A political gamble with the surge, but the surge worked. There, there was a whole lot of stuff that we could have followed up on once we, once we got the the government to a point where they could survive. Like right now, the Iraqi government, there's nobody's questioning whether it's going to survive. When we left, like right now, the the most recent report on Afghanistan says the second NATO withdraws from Afghanistan, the government will fall. The last report just said that. This was in the past couple of weeks. Right, right. They aren't saying they were saying that in 2006 about the Iraqi government. Yeah, yeah. But if you talk about counterinsurgency, counterinsurgency and things like that, the Iraqi government is legitimate enough that it survived without uh, coalition forces for over, you know, what, what are we at 2012 now? It's like over over three years now, almost three years now. Right. Uh, so they, they've they've been able to they they're legitimate enough that they can at least survive. I mean, the legitimacy is a is a you know kind of a nebulous yeah, sort that. of thing. So what, so what is Romney promising? What's he going to do okay, for the nation? Okay, well, his, his big thing is, is the, only, the only way, and this is not just Romney, this, was, this is also a, a, a sort of a requirement in, even in the most crazy, you know, one of the problems with, with Obama is he's not passed a budget his entire administration. By law, you're supposed to pass a budget, I think it's like every two years, or maybe it's every year, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look at the... the I'm sorry, I'm not... I don't know the exact <laughs> that's mechanics right. no, of, good. of the, yeah. of the, how the, how the budgeting good. process works in the U.S. Because uh, there's there's in years and out years, and to be honest with you, I know how to... How to when you're talking about uh, doing uh, budgeting for, you know, the organization I work for, uh, the government provides money for. But the, 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 how, the, how Congress actually passes the budget, I think it's, I think it's they have to submit a budget every year but then the, you have the in years and out years, and again, somebody's going to listen to me and say this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, that's right. The, the point. The point is, is uh, he's by law he's supposed to submit a budget. He has not submitted one, and you know he talks about how the the, the Republicans have been these obstructionists, and it's, and it's again it's that collective short memory that nobody holds him accountable for. Not as he's I, I I watched him the other day in an interview and he talked about you know I would have got so much more accomplished if only the Republicans hadn't blocked me, and the reporter. Again, if this had been Bush, they would have harpooned him with the simple question of, but Mr. President, your party controlled both houses of Congress for two years, for over half of the, you know, up to now, it's over half of your presidency. They, in fact, you had a, you had a, uh, a, uh, a filibuster-proof uh, majority to the point where the, the, the minority party couldn't even hold up legislation for almost a year and a half of that. How were they obstruct? How? Tell me exactly how they were obstructing you from doing this if you literally controlled the government to the point where they had no power. In fact, 
when you passed your, even after they got the, uh, uh, they broke your ability to filibuster, but they still hadn't, con hadn't gotten control of uh, the House yet, your party still controlled the processes, and that's how you passed your, uh, how you passed the, the health care reform in your country, in, in, in Congress. You literally did a, a procedural maneuver that didn't allow uh, for debate, and just, and because your party had gotten, had still had sort of a, a large enough majority, you just passed it by a procedural maneuver, and they, and the opposition party wasn't even allowed to make comment on it. So my question to him it would be, and to me this is journalistic malfeasance. I mean, it's, it's wrong. It, it shouldn't matter who's the president. You know, when I want, when I would watch George Bush or Dick Cheney or one of those guys talking about how, in, in 2006, you know, how the war is, the war is actually better than you see on TV, and in fact, you know, it's, the press is saying all, all that, you know, is just making it out to be worse than it is. Right. And people would harpoon them. Why? Because I knew people that were on the ground were telling me, it's freaking bad. We need more troops. <laughs> These people are insane. When the reporters were harpooning them, I was like, yeah, harpoon that lion bastard. You know, and uh, by the way, I, I mean that in an affection term. That's not a... I, I meant that that's, a, that's like a yeah. general patent kind yeah, of yeah, term. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was. Yeah. It was like you know. That's the job of the reporter to put those guys back on their heels and you know, as a citizen, it's my job to choose you know to evaluate the information. But I need the information. When you have reporters who physically, their their hardball question is is Hey, Mr. President, who are you picking to win the final four this year? <laughs> that's literally the quality of question they're asking. When in fact we have, you know, Mr. President, you say that. That things would have been so much worse had you, you know had had you not done the stimulus, but you're you've given money to all these green projects. You you have not allowed any drilling to happen on uh, on government land, like for oil, and so gas prices are literally double what they were when you were when you took over as president. Meanwhile, the, the private sector because. Clay, you know, most, most of the land in the United States is owned by the federal government. Yeah, yeah. So being able to drill for oil on that land, you have to have a permit by the government. Well, President Obama is very into the whole green movement. And, you know, he made a choice between either I will allow citizens who elected me to pay double for their gas, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that my friends in the, in the green movement are, are happy with me. Because, you know, average citizens, they can afford to pay double the amount for yeah. driving their kids to school and like that. Because it's easy for them to find alternative ways to get to work or take their kids to school. You know, because they can afford to pay double the amount. You know, because that's literally what the green people, the, the, the green sort of movement. I, I'm a conservationist. I love, I love nature. But to me, there's a difference between treating nature as a religion. Right. And just being a good steward of nature and understanding that hey, I think you I'm have kind to of on balance. Same boat as yeah, that. yeah, you have to you have yeah. to balance people's everyday lives. Yeah. You know, if if burning coal, you know, pollutes the environment, but I have three hundred thousand people whose jobs depend on coal in in West Virginia, I don't say you know, f screw those people. You know, the na nature comes first. I'm going to put them all out of work, and then I'll just give them job retraining or something like that. And say, but I'm doing it because I'm. It's good for the environment. It's like, hey, look, you got to find some way to. to you got to have the balance, don't exactly. you? Exactly. Because you can go to the other extreme. Exactly. Yeah, Maybe you find extreme. a way to let them continue to dig the coal, but you, you, you know, you mandate that coal burning plants have to have better scrubbers. So yes, there's still going to be pollution being put out, but you don't put 300,000 people out of work. You you can sort of find a middle road. Yes, there's pollution, but there's way less than there was. And then you also you also give time for you know and if you say hey look suddenly you're buying all these scrubbers 
that gives incentive to people for, for uh, you know, innovators to try to find a way to make even better scrubber because suddenly there's a huge demand for these things. I mean, that's Absolutely. how basic economics works. Well, President Obama, I mean, this is the thing that drives me nuts. He doesn't get held accountable for anything. He literally has, for, for two of the three years that he's been president, no, I'm sorry, no, almost four years now, so almost three years, they have not issued a single permit to allow any, uh, a new, new drilling on any government land. And yet, prices continue to rise, uh, and effectively doubled since he took office. Well, that's bad, isn't it? The, that's but, bad. <laughs> but, but because prices are, but because prices are rising, if you're an oil producer and suddenly your product is worth twice as much, what are you going to do on the land that you're allowed to drill on, on the private land that you're allowed to drill on? Hey, you, Clay, what would you do as a, as a? Suddenly, the product you're selling is is now worth twice as much. There's a huge demand. You're not producing enough, but you have land that you can drill on. What are you going to do with the? What are you going to do? I don't know. What am I going to do? Well, if, I mean, if, if I'm a if I'm a guy that owns a oil company, I'm going to try to increase the amount of oil I'm, I'm, I'm pumping out of my of the land that I can do. Well, that's actually what's happened, because the price of oil has risen. On private land, the the amount of oil that's and natural gas that's being that's being extracted has increased. Has actually increased dramatically. And so, in the last debate. Romney said to, to President Obama, he said, hey, look, you know, during your time as president, gas prices for the average person have gone doubled. And he says, you haven't issued a single permit on government land to allow people to drill to increase the, uh, to increase the supply of, 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 that's out there so that it brings the price down. And Obama said, under my administration, the amount of oil and gas has increased. And not a single reporter said, yes, but Mr. President, has nothing to do with what you've done. In fact, you've made it incredibly hard for people. The private industry, not government, what increase there has happened, has been entirely up to citizens on their own that own the means of production and not you. In fact, every roadblock you've thrown in front of them, they found a way to get around. Because to, that, to me, that's how citizens should uh -huh. be. Government shouldn't be an impediment. Government should help you do the things you want to do. As long as you're not killing your other fellow citizens, I, I'm I'm for letting you do whatever the hell you want to do. So my, my thing is, is he's just he's not held accountable. And here's here's why I think Obama's going to lose. And, and I and I and I we'll, keep trying. We'll wrap up on that one. Why okay. do you think he's going to lose? The the yeah. The reason I think he's going to lose is people aren't stupid. I mean, Abraham uh, was it, it, it was either P.T. Barnum or it was Abraham Lincoln, whichever one, because they were both fonts of wisdom. You know, one one. <laughs> One was a huckster, and the other one was probably the greatest American president we ever had. One of them said, "You can fool all of the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time." And right now, the last poll I saw on trustworthiness of the media in the U.S., they're down almost at the same level as Congress. People don't trust the media because every time you you, you watch this and you watch them in the tank, uh, great story was the one of the one of the ladies on CNN. Uh, I can't remember her name. I think her last name is Brown. And she was on with uh, Jay Leno the other night. And she was talking about the flight over. And right. she looked really tired. And the guy was like, uh, oh, so you were on the, on the plane when the presidential debate was going on. And she was like, yeah, yeah. We, but we were watching the debate on the plane. Right. And he said, and so he's like, how many people were watching? He said, she goes, well, about probably 60 to 70% of the people on the plane were actually watching the debate. And he was like, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty decent. He's like, and, and, he said, and he said, so what, you were sitting on the plane. What was kind of the reaction of the people around you? And she said, well, you know, I, a lot of people had their headphones in, so I couldn't really tell. Because, right. But he, she, she said, I looked over at the lady next to me, 
and I was uh, I was I was taking notes while as I was watching the debate, and the lady next to me looks over and she says, "Oh, uh, uh, you really find this interesting?" Uh, and, the, and she's like, uh, and the, lady, "The lady had was watching the debate with, without the sound, and so the." The CNN reporter was kind of making fun of her, All right. but she said uh, the, the lady next to her said, "Oh, you're taking notes, uh, so you're really interested." And then and the CNN lady said, "Yeah, yeah." She goes, "I'm I'm a, I'm a report. I, I, you know, this stuff is important because I, I'm a reporter." And she said the lady just looked at her and said, "Oh, okay, so you're in the tank for Obama anyway." <laughs> and it's like when I was back home for a short period, literally, I was getting that reaction. And you you read sort of um, I was reading a blog the other day. And it, there was something happening in this area of Virginia that's pretty liberal, and it was like a big festival or something like that. Right. And one of the guys who was writing the blog, and he, he, it's not a political blog, it's just you know one of those funny blogs. The guy was made a comment about that. He goes, you know, the area I live in is pretty liberal, and he goes, and I, you know, back in 2008 when I went to this thing, there was Obama stuff everywhere, and he said the one thing I noticed at this festival, and he's people walking around with. Like looking like hippies, he goes. I didn't see anything for Obama the entire time I was at, at this this outdoor festival. And he goes. Now there wasn't a whole lot of Romney stuff, but he said I there was a distinct absence of Obama stuff. And he said there were. He said there were like six people that were actually wearing Romney shirts. And he goes. Four years ago, they would have gotten beaten to death. Right. And he said. He said I walked up to this one guy. He goes. Uh, he goes. I walked up to this one guy who looked like he was a, a roadie for the for you know the the Grateful Dead. He, you know the, the nasty hair, but he's wearing a he's wearing a Romney shirt. And he asked. He goes up to the guy. and goes, Hey, uh, you know, why why are you wearing a Romney shirt? Because because he, he looks at the guy. and goes, You know, looking at you, you wouldn't be the kind of guy who right. would support Romney. And he go and the guy looks at him, and all he says is, Because I'm not as stupid as I was four years ago. On that note, we shall end.